So today we're going to continue in the series, Our Heart and the Stuff. And this will be part seven. I'm going to do a short recap of last week. So if you weren't here last week, you'll get a little flavor of what we talked about. We were in Colossians chapter three. And we actually will be going back to Colossians chapter three. Remembering, well, defining, redefining the stuff. Remember that the stuff is anything that will deter or distract us from being loyal to the Lord and serving Him willingly. That's the cue. That's important there. Loyal to the Lord and serving Him willingly. So anything that's going to distract you from that, we just call that stuff. It could be anything. I talk about putting to death our members, which basically means restrain the things with which we sin. It could be our tongue. It could be, you know, what we do, so forth. We have to put off the old man and put on the new man. And it all starts with the mind and how we think. That's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way you can put to death your members, which are the things with which you sin, is to change the way you think. So whatever is in the head comes out the mouth, or you act upon whatever it is is in the head. So it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. And we talked about putting off the old and putting on the new. And it says, the new man is renewed in knowledge which is the, the Greek word epinosis, which means full discernment, fully, be fully acquainted with. So the new man, when you renew your mind and become the new man, this is based on knowledge. So it's something you've got to learn. How do you transform your thinking? You've got to learn something to change the way you think. And that new man, that knowledge, is in according to the image of the one who creating this new man. And that image is Christ. So the knowledge you have to acquire. Is the knowledge of who Christ is. And when you receive it. And get understanding of who Christ is. And you act upon the understanding. That means you are taking a step of faith. You are transformed. Into this new image which is Christ. If you claim to love God. And is a follower of Christ. It is in our best interest to get to know Christ ourselves through study of the word to receive full discernment and become fully acquainted with who he really is so that you do not fall for the lies and deception of those who are already deceived. If you don't know who he is and you're depending on people to tell you who he is, you can be deceived. It takes a little work on our behalf to learn who he is. And when people are saying things, our, we should have a witness in our spirit of what they're saying is true or not true. So therefore, you're not just taking verbatim what people are telling you. Amen? The new man is nothing like the old man. We put to death our members by submitting to the word of God and the spirit of God and put on the new man, basically you put into action what you learn. As you gain understanding of who Christ is, do not be distracted by the stuff. And let your heart always be towards God and your mind on eternal things. 
So remember I said, how do you know that your mind is on things above, on eternal, on eternal things? It's when you're obedient to the call. When you're obedient to the call, you know that your focus, your, your main purpose in life is to do the will of the Father. In this new man, which we call the body of Christ also, there is no distinction. All are one in Christ. All who believe and follow Christ are now part of this new man. Who we were doesn't matter anymore. Because we are a new creation in Christ. Therefore lies, deception, misinformation, character assassination, double standards, selfish ambition, etc. There's a long laundry list. Must not be named among those who follow Christ. You know, we have to be so careful. We know that racism is rampant. We know that. We know bigotry, all that is rampant. And I see a lot of people, you know, we have the white, some whites caught up in the white supremacy, blacks caught up in the, the blackness, the African stuff. And everyone has their own little thing. But if you look at it, it's a deception. Because God created man in his image and his likeness. The outward appearance is irrelevant. Because man is principally and mainly first spirit. But to live in time and space, you need the body. The genetics is to give diversity. And when you get caught up in this ethnic posturing, that is very, very erroneous. Because the word of God says Jesus died for who? Specifically, he died for man. He didn't say white, black, Asian. He said he died for the sins of the whole world. So do not get distracted by the ethnic stuff. Don't get caught up in that mess. Racism. Racism is rampant in every culture. In every ethnicity. It's rampant. Because it's a sin perpetrated by a spirit being who is pulling the strings behind the scenes. And, and, and the color of people's skin is just another thing to distract people from where the focus needs to be and who the real enemy is. We are not, as children of God, to get caught up in that stuff. Amen? I didn't talk about that last week, but it just I felt like I needed to talk about that. If you are caught up in this stuff, you are deceived, you are lost, distracted, and not serving Christ. But your own lusts and desires... We should not be fighting and attacking one another. Or even with our neighbor. If you are doing this, ask yourself why. Why are you fighting? Why are you arguing? Why are you attacking your brethren? Why are you attacking people? Why are you getting in arguments? Where are your loyalties? Because also these things I talk about, racism, bigotry, it leads to a lot of arguments. It leads to a lot of fighting. It leads to a lot of unrest. Why? Because people want to have their own way. My way is better than your way. So you have to bow to me. But that's not the mind of Christ. 
Our loyalties must be to Christ and fulfilling the call on our lives. Don't get caught up in the stuff. So today we're going to continue in Colossians chapter 3 and we're going to go to verse 12. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 and we are going to read from 12 to 17. Okay, verse 12. Let me know you're there. You ready? Okay, let's start reading. Now this is continuing from where we were speaking, where I was reading from last week. Now the word of God says here, Therefore, because of the other stuff I was talking about, where there is no separation, there is no Jew or Greek, we are all one in Christ. There is no black, white, rich, poor. Okay? None of that matters in Christ. Therefore, as the elect, and elect means chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. This is talking about what the character of the new man is supposed to be like. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. To which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. That's a mouthful. There's a lot to talk about there. Okay? But I'm not going to talk about everything. But I'm going to touch on some things here. To do with what the stuff is. And what the heart's supposed to be like. We're going to go back to verse 12. It says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. And you know, we think we know what these things mean. But tend, I, had, I, look, I looked up the definition of some of these words. Tender mercies is a phrase. All it means is being kind. Sympathetic. Caring when you know a person doesn't deserve it. Tender mercies. Caring when you know a person doesn't deserve it. Amen. That's not how we want to think. It, you deserve it. You got what you deserve. The attitude in where we say that, that is not good. We shouldn't be happy when people are suffering. Even if it's for their, because of their own doing. We should not be joyful when people are suffering. It says here, kindness, friendly, generous, considerate. When it talks about kindness, it's not talking about kindness only to, your, to the people you know. Kindness only to your friends. Kindness only to people who like you. Because Jesus, in another scripture, Jesus said, it said, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. So it talks about kindness, friendly, generous, considerate, even to the person who don't deserve it. 
Humility. A modest view of one's importance. Don't be full of yourself. Walk in humility. You know, sometimes we can get arrogant and pompous when we start meditating on who we are in Christ. I am a child of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. We can get arrogant with some of those making those statements. But understand that we have to walk in humility. It is not by anything we have done that we can make those claims. It's by grace we are saved through faith. Not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. So we can't boast about our position in Christ. But it's important to remember our position in Christ. Especially when we come in under attack. Never think that you're better than anyone else. We all have struggles. We all got to go through drama. So we all have to walk in humility. Because we all have drama. We all have troubles. And some come through better than others. But even those who are struggling in their trial, we still got to be patient with them. And long-suffering. And the word long-suffering, having patience in spite of troubles which can be due to hardship or offensive. Long-suffering. Having patience in spite of your troubles. And those troubles are hardships or offenses. Somebody not talking to you. Somebody offended you. Those things, if you're not careful, those things can... They can become, those offenses can become wounds that will stay and steal and rob you of your joy. But it says here what? Long suffering. Somebody offend you. Have patience. And you have to forgive. Amen. You know, we read these things and we think it's, oh yeah, we, we understand. But when you have to do it, that's a whole test of whether you believe this word or not. And daily we are faced with situations where we have to forgive. And we don't want to do it of our own selves. We do not want to do it. Let's be honest. Bearing with one another. And forgiving one another. Putting up with people who you can't stand. I don't even want to be in the same room. But it says bearing with one another. We have to put up with people and situations at times that we don't want to do it. But we have to do it. This is not easy. We read these things. But this is not easy. On your job. In the supermarket. Christmas time. Thanksgiving. When you have family gatherings. And there are people you really do not want to be around. But, by, but because of obligation. You're there. And you're trying to avoid. And you're trying to just not to get in the way of somebody who upset you when you were 5 years old or 10 years old. Or somebody who upset you last year. Sometimes, we who, some of us who have parents who are still alive. We still go to the gatherings because of the parents. But then what happens after the parents, if they leave, they die. Sometimes the siblings will never see each other again. Because of hurts. Because of offenses. But it says what? We have to forgive. We have to put up with. 
Because the Bible says the Lord is merciful to the evil. Because he allows his, the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Amen. So we have to show mercy to people who hurt us. We have to show compassion to people who hurt us. And let's be honest, it is not easy. It is, I don't care what, people, what anyone says. It is not easy. It is not easy to go and love people who hurt you. It says forgive someone with whom you have issues. Settle the complaint. Even if you have to take the wrong or be cheated. Because we talked about that two weeks ago. It says to have peace. Settle the issues. He said why are you going to the to court? You're going to the world to settle your differences. He said, we are going to judge angels and you can't settle disputes between yourselves. So if you have a complaint against someone, especially a brethren in Christ, settle it. And if it takes you being cheated or you taking the wrong to settle it, do so. My goodness. Do you understand what is being asked of us? Normally, naturally, normally, we don't want to do that. We, we are right. I am right. You are wrong. And I am not giving ground because you are wrong. But sometimes you have to understand. I am right. But that person who is unwilling to yield is immature. Glory to God. Do you hear what I just said to you? You have to understand your position in Christ. If you know you are right. If you know you are right. Because Paul said something. Very interesting in one of the scriptures talking about eating meat or eat, just eating things that other people that might be offense. He said, "You rather I don't I won't I won't eat it because I don't want to offend that person because that person is immature. So I will deny myself. I will cheat myself so I don't become an offense to that person or a stumbling block because that person is immature. Do you understand what he is willing? He is." Putting the needs of the immature before his own needs. Even though he's right. Because he say, I am a free man in Christ. My liberty is in Christ. I can do anything. But I choose not to offend the weaker one. Why? Because I don't want them to stumble. I want them to stay in the faith. So it's putting the needs of the other person before your own needs. And we, where we, how is that? Where are we coming with that? It talks about love. He said, above all, put on love, which is the umbrella under which these attributes reside. Love is the glue or the bond which matures us in Christ. What is that love? The love is putting the needs of others before your own needs. Love, to show that you really love the brethren, you would take the wrong. You would take the high road. You would do whatever it is not to cause that person to offend, be offended. Amen. That is not easy. Another thing it talks about meekness. Meekness is not necessarily weakness. Meekness just means to be submissive. So when you take the wrong, you are submitting. <laughs> oh my God. You are submitting to that person. Even though you are right, you are submitting to the word. Let me say, not the person, you are submitting to the word. Not the person, the word. That's why you are submitting. That's why you put the needs of that person before your own. You are submitting to the word. Putting the needs of others before your own. That shows our maturity in Christ. 
Now when we submit to these things and put on the new man, because when you're walking in these attributes, these, these characteristics, it shows that you're walking in newness of life, that you are wearing the new man. And very critical here, you hear what it says here in verse 15. When he said, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That is, if you, <laughs> if you understand what that is saying, because he's saying something which preceded that. He said, do these things and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. What is that peace he's talking about? Irene. <laughs> Irene. So it, let let me explain, let me break it down for you so you understand when we're talking about the peace here. When we submit to these things, when we submit to the Word of God, when we submit to the Spirit of God, we are putting on a new man. The peace of God comes in our heart because we are doing the will of Christ and not our own. You have peace because you know what you're doing is pleasing to the Father. You have peace because you know you're walking in His will. Because you have no condemnation. Because your conscience is clear and your heart is pure. So you have peace because you say, Lord, we got no issues. I am submitted to your word I am submitted to what you require of me to do in this situation. So if you require me to put the needs of my brethren before my own, so I do not cause division or cause them to stumble, that's what I will do. If you require me to forgive, even though they have wronged me, that is what I will do. Because Lord, when I submit to your word and your will, I know I'm walking in the light. I know I'm walking in your ways. We got no issue because my heart is pure before you, Father. Because when you know that, that's when you know you have peace. Because there is therefore now what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Because when you obey the word, you're walking in the Spirit, you're walking in the light. You're walking in the will of God. Glory to God. Do you hear what I'm saying here? Do you understand what I am telling you? It ain't easy. But it's a sacrifice when you have to die. When they talk about putting to death your members, that is what he's talking about. Doing it God's way and not our own. That's what he's talking about. Putting to death your members. But the members are put to death when you change the way you think. And you change the way you think when you have knowledge of the image of the one who has created us in, in the image of Christ. Epinosis. So when people come telling you about niggers and honkies and all these things, you say, whoa, that spirit is not of God. You have a different spirit. I know that person, even though they look different than me, if they are a believer in Christ, they are my brother or my sister in Christ. We are one in Christ. Their color doesn't matter. It is irrelevant. We are one of another. We need each other. They have a gift to edify me. I have a gift to edify them. There is no distinction. So you have to be careful. Because they are they're out there. And they are raising their ugly head. 
But we as children of God, we got to take a stand. We got to stand together and stop fighting one another. So we have to have a clear conscience before God. That's the only way you have peace. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 16. There's no, it's, no, it's no accident he said this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's why you, you, you study the Word. You read the Bible on your time. That's why we have Bible study. That's why we meet and services. So we could admonish one another, teach one another, help one another. He said, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. How is it going to dwell in you? For something to be in you, what do you have to do? You have to take it in. If I like cook a piece of rice, for that cook a piece of rice and rice to be helpful to my body, I got to eat it. For the word of God to be helpful to my body, my spirit, I gotta eat it. I gotta take it in. I gotta study it. Amen? It's not gonna help me sitting on, on the table in the Bible, on the, in the book. I gotta read it and take it in and, and get understanding and apply it to my life. So it's no, it's no accident he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh my God. And here we go. Verse 17. This is probably gonna hurt some. And the word of God says in verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, what does he say there? Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever. What does whatever mean? Whatever. There is no distinction of what it is. But I know that whatever doesn't mean going to the strip club. That's not what it means. Okay, let's be very clear about what that whatever means. Okay, whatever you do in word or deed, so in what you say and what you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Alright, let me say this in a nice way. If we do these things consistently, what we talk about here, talking before, in humility, forgiving, so forth. This stuff will not be an issue in our hearts and our hearts will be always right towards God. Our minds will be on eternal things. However, whatever we do in word or deed, remember who you are doing it for and why. Whatever it is that has you uneasy, Whatever it is that has you sleepless nights, have you disturbed, just remember, whatever you do, do it in line with God's will for your life. Do it in submission and obedience to the word of God. So it says, love your enemies, do good to those who spitefully use you. God will honor you if you honor his word. So if you forgive If you are considerate, if you walk in humility, if you are long-suffering, having patience in spite of the hardship or offenses, if you are kind and (coughs) offering and showing tender mercies, being sympathetic, sympathetic, caring when you know a person doesn't deserve it, you are walking in the light. So whatever you do, it says... 
do. Remember who you're doing it for. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And why are you doing it? We are doing it in line with His will because we want to please the Father. We are doing it in line with His will because we want our conscience to be clear before God. We are doing it in line with His will because we want to walk in the light. Because what does the Bible say? They that trust me, they shall never be ashamed. They that trust me, because trust means what? Lord, I am going to submit to your word in spite of how I feel. They that trust me, I will save. They will see my salvation. That's what the word of God says. And as far as I know, God doesn't lie. His word doesn't lie. The question is, whatever we do in word or deed, are we doing it in line with his will for our lives? Or are we going to cuss out the person who rubs us the wrong way? Or are we going to just let him go? See, I forgive you. Because what is a sinner going to do? Sin. They can't act any other way. The people in the world, they're going to cuss and do what they do. Why? Because they don't know a better way. That's what they know. But the brethren who claim to be lovers of Christ, if they're cussing and carrying out, you know there's a, there's a different spirit working in them. So you've got to guard against those people. But they are in the kingdom, but they are immature. They're allowing the stuff to change their heart. But God will deal with that. So it's asking us, it says, whatever we do, do in word, or whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So people who irk you, you have to forgive. You have to love. You have to be patient. You have to bless. You have to be long-suffering. That goes contrary to the things of the world. It goes contrary to the way the world thinks. But that's not the way God thinks. He allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And the sun comes up and shines and blesses the evil and the good. And we also have to have that same heart. And not to let the stuff distract us from being loyal to the Lord and doing what He's called us to do.